What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Wednesday, May 4th, 2022. Coming up this hour. Investors brace for the biggest Fed decision in decades. Vice President Kamala Harris says women's rights are under attack by Republicans. A Trump-backed candidate wins in Ohio. And Elon Musk reportedly plans to take Twitter public again in a few years. North Korea has launched another missile, plus comedian Dave Chappelle was attacked on stage. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stashauer in sports. Doubleheader sweep for the Mets. 11th straight win for the Yankees. The Rangers lost game one to the Penguins in triple overtime. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Good morning. I'm Nathan Haker. And I'm Karen Moscow. And U.S. stock index futures are higher this morning. We are coming up to 501 on Wall Street. And we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. And right now, S&P futures are up 11 points. Dow futures up 73. And NASDAQ futures up 23. The 10-year Treasury up 232 seconds, yield 2.96%. And the yield on the two-year, 2.78%. And NYMEX crude oil is up three and a third percent. It's at $105.85 a barrel. Nathan. Karen, we begin this busy morning with the most widely anticipated Fed decision in years. Today's rate hike is just the beginning. That's according to former IMF chief economist Kenneth Rogoff. I think the idea that just to 3% would be enough is really unlikely. I think they're going to have to raise interest rates to 4 or 5% to bring inflation down to 25 or 3%. Former IMF chief economist Kenneth Rogoff says inflation is now running at more than three times the central bank's 2% target. We get more on this afternoon's Fed decision from Bloomberg's Michael McKee. There may be more questions about how the markets will react to the Fed than about what the Fed will do. A half percentage point rate hike is all but certain. The Fed will also outline how and when it will begin reducing the size of its balance sheet, but it already put most of those details into the minutes of their March meeting. Investors have already priced in both outcomes. So any market move likely depends on the Fed, particularly Chairman Jay Powell, offering specific future guidance, saying perhaps the central bank will raise rates by the same amount several times in a row, or Powell delivering a surprise, say, suggesting 75 basis point hikes could be on the horizon. Michael McKee, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Mike, thanks. And, of course, we will have full coverage and analysis of the Fed decision beginning at 1 p.m. Wall Street time on a special edition of Bloomberg Surveillance. Well, the other big issue in Washington right now, Nathan, is abortion rights. Following news that the Supreme Court may strike down Roe v. Wade, Vice President Kamala Harris is warning that women's rights are under attack. How dare they tell a woman what she can do and cannot do with her own body? How dare they? 
try to stop her from determining her own future. Vice President Harris spoke at the annual Emily's List conference in Washington. John Delavolpe is director of polling at the Harvard Kennedy School Institute of Politics, and he says the leaked opinion could reshape the midterm elections. This is likely to be highly motivational for specifically young people who are unsure whether or not they're going to participate because um, they can now see in very tangible ways the difference that engagement makes. And John DeLavolpe of Harvard spoke with our Washington correspondent Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Sound On. Catch the show weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on Bloomberg Radio. And we should note the Supreme Court has confirmed the leaked opinion is authentic but says it's not the justice's final decision. Well, we have another major political story this morning, Karen. A candidate backed by former President Donald Trump has won the Ohio Senate Republican primary. Amy Morris has details from our Bloomberg 99.1 newsroom in Washington. Venture capitalist J.D. Vance won the GOP primary in Ohio after trailing in the polls just three weeks ago, and he knew who to thank. I have absolutely got to thank the 45th, the President of the United States, Donald J. Trump, ladies and gentlemen. Vance had called Trump unfit and noxious in 2016. Now he fully embraces him and his views. Analysts caution against reading too much into the outcome of just one race. Trump's endorsements will be tested in coming weeks with GOP primaries in states including Pennsylvania, North Carolina, and Georgia. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Amy, thank you. Now the latest on the war in Europe. Russia is shifting direction in its approach to the invasion of Ukraine. And Bloomberg's Ed Baxter reports. This is nearly 10 weeks into the war, and with its military stalled in many areas, including just marginal gains in the east, Russia is now focused on annexation of the areas it has occupied. The Kremlin is installing occupation governments, ordering locals to use rubles for transactions, and in some cases organizing referendums to open the way for full annexation. In public, the Kremlin says their advance will pick up, but for now... This action is necessary. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Ed, thanks. On Wall Street today, earnings continue to roll in. For a look at some stocks on the move following yesterday's reports, we're joined live by Bloomberg's John Tucker. Good morning, John. Good morning, Nathan. Lyft is poised to wipe out more than a quarter of its market valuation after the ride-hailing company's second quarter outlook disappointed. Lyft down 26% in the pre-market. A planned increase in driver incentives could weigh on profits. And advanced micro-devices gave a strong sales forecast for the current quarter. The chipmaker continues to make gains in computer data centers. AMD up 5% in early trading. And Starbucks reported U.S. results that topped estimates. Those shares up 4%. Live in New York, I'm John Tucker, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, John, thank you. Well, more news this morning on Elon Musk and Twitter. Musk reportedly wants to eventually take Twitter public again. And we get the latest live from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Karen. Elon Musk says he's planning to take an IPO of Twitter as little as three years after buying it. That's according to Dow Jones, which reports Musk is taking talking with investors, including private equity firms, to help lower his $21 billion contribution to the deal. Private equity firms typically take publicly traded companies private to fix them out of the limelight. Then within five years, they take them public again. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Renita, thank you. And a programming note, join us this morning when we speak live with J.P. Morgan Chase CEO Jamie Dimon. It's coming up in a little more than an hour, 6.30 a.m. Wall Street time on both Bloomberg Radio and television. Futures moving a little bit higher on this Fed Decision Day. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines and the check of sports. This is Bloomberg. 
It's now 5.07 on Wall Street. we got rain this morning, 50 degrees in Central Park, and an accident on the west side highway northbound headed near 158th. Details coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. Protests were held in the tri-state area over the leaked Supreme Court draft decision that would be final it would overturn Roe v. Wade. Sonia Osorio, president of the New York chapter of the National Organization for Women, says state lawmakers there legalized abortion several years ago, knowing this day would come. Reproductive rights activists and Governor Cuomo, we worked very hard on that in 2019. We finally passed that after several years of hard work. And we did that in anticipation of this leaked document and what is ahead of us. Sonia Osorio with NOW says men need to do their part to support abortion rights. Women do not get pregnant on their own. New York Attorney General Letitia James has long been outspoken about defending abortion rights. Now she has publicly disclosed that she had an abortion herself almost two decades ago. The Democrat told an abortion rights rally that she chose to do so when she was a newly elected New York City Council member. New York Governor Kathy Hochul reacted to the leaked opinion. This is something that we have fought against for my entire life. In fact, this is a battle my mother's generation, it's a battle for my generation, my daughter's generation, and it seems like even my three-day-old grandchild, Sophia's generation, will have to be fighting this same fight, something that we had thought we had put to bed a long time ago. And I refuse to go backwards. Governor Hochul spoke while announcing Representative Antonio Delgado will serve as New York's next lieutenant governor. North Korea has fired a ballistic missile towards the East Sea from Pyongyang. South Korea will inaugurate a new president next week who is known to be hardline against the North. Analysts say North Korea's military provocations are likely to grow in the near future. Comedian Dave Chappelle was tackled on stage at the Hollywood Bowl in Los Angeles it happened as Chappelle was just wrapping up his performance. The man was grabbed and punched by security guards. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. All right, Michael. Thank you. 5.09 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Here's John Stanshower. Thanks, Nathan. The Rangers' first playoff game at the Garden in five years. It was a long one. Blue Shirts played a strong first period. Not so good in the second. They let Pittsburgh take 25 shots on goal and score three times. Some Ranger penalties late in the period. Chris Kreider actually scored shorthanded, but then the Penguins tied the game, scoring with a two-man advantage. It was 3-3, three to three, and it stayed that way for the next 67 minutes of hockey until six minutes into the third overtime. Tapping it, drifts to the far corner with it, up the wall now, back to the point for Marino, wrist shot, scores! Evgeny Malkin plays hero, deflection past Yesterkin, and you can slap it on the Broadway marquee. The Penguins take game one and lead this series one game to nothing. WXDX in Pittsburgh, 4-3 the final. That goal came on the Penguins' 83rd shot of the night. Rangers and their fans thinking about what happened with three minutes left in regulation. A Ranger goal taken away after the Penguins' challenge. The officials agreed there was goalie interference. Seemed like some evidence that it may have been caused by the Pittsburgh defenseman. They're back at the Garden for Game 2 tomorrow. Yankees back in Toronto tonight going for another series sweep and a 12th win in a row. They pulled away last night, won 9-1, to scoring all nine runs over the last four innings. Aaron Judge got him going, his eighth home run in the last ten games. The Yankees put it away with six runs 
in the seventh inning. Doubleheader sweep for the Mets over Atlanta. First five, four, and then three nothing behind Carlos Carrasco. NBA playoffs, Boston blew out Milwaukee. Memphis beat Golden State. John Moran scored 47. Both those series tied at one. John Stashiller, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? All right, John, thank you. Right now, S&P futures are higher by 7 points. Dow futures up 47. NASDAQ futures up 10. And the 10-year Treasury is up 2.30 seconds. The yield, 2.96% as we await the May decision and expected 50 basis point hike from the Fed. Just ahead, the abortion factor and the Trump factor in this year's midterm elections. We'll speak live with Bloomberg Washington correspondent Anne-Marie Hordern. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg Daybreak brought to you by the New York Community Trust. Your name will live on as a champion of the causes you care about for years to come through a charitable bequest to the New York Community Trust. Learn more at philanthropist.nyc. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stock index futures are on the rise this morning. Investors are bracing for the biggest Federal Reserve interest rate hike since 2000 and awaiting more clues on how aggressively the Fed will tackle inflation. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. Right now, S&P futures are up nine points. Dow futures up 60. NASDAQ futures up 14. The DAX in Germany is down a third of a percent. The 10-year Treasury is up 132nd, yield 2.96 percent. They yield on the two-year 2.79 percent. NYMEX crude oil is up three and a third percent of three dollars forty four cents at one hundred five dollars eighty five cents a barrel. COMEX gold is down two tenths percent or three dollars at eighteen sixty seven sixty an ounce. The euro one point oh five two four against the dollar. British pound one point two five one zero. And the yen is at one thirty point oh seven. And Bitcoin is up more than three percent at thirty eight thousand nine hundred fifty dollars. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael, good morning. Good morning, Karen. A Los Angeles protest over the, the leaked U.S. Supreme Court draft opinion that would throw out Roe v. Wade briefly turned into a skirmish with police who they say one officer was injured. Authorities say about 250 people had been marching peacefully for abortion rights before the clash. It was the only violence reported among protesters held around the country. The largest in Washington, D.C., drew about 1,000 people to a rally in front of the Supreme Court. In a couple of Game 1s in the NHL playoffs, the Rangers lost in triple overtime to the Penguins 4-3. The Capitals beat the Panthers 4-2. In the NBA playoffs, the Celtics are tied at a game each after beating the Bucks 109-86. The Warriors lost to the Grizzlies in Game 2, 106-101. That series is even at a game apiece. Global news 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. All right, Michael. Thank you. It's 519 on Wall Street. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak. Let's get more now on that leaked Supreme Court decision on Roe v. Wade and its potential impact on the midterm elections. For that, we're joined by Bloomberg Washington correspondent Anne-Marie Hordern from our Bloomberg 99.1 studios in Washington, D.C. Anne-Marie Marie, good morning. I know you've seen firsthand just how much this leaked decision has galvanized advocates on both sides on the steps of the Supreme Court. And we heard very strong words last night from Vice President Harris. It seems like Democrats have really seized on this issue now. 
Yes, absolutely. And as you say, last night's um, Vice President Harris, she was scheduled to ha- make this speech, but obviously uh, the tone and, and the content of it completely changed after this leak. It was the most impassioned, robust speech we've heard so far from the administration. She's talking about the fact that this would be a direct assault on freedom on and on the fundamental rights of self-determination to which all Americans are entitled and said, how dare they do this to women? Um, so this has completely galvanized the Democratic Party. At the same time, this is a very partisan issue. So you're also seeing a lot of similar rhetoric on the right as well. And Nathan, as you said, this will now become a hot button election issue and can even potentially eclipse issues that we thought voters were going to go to the polls for, things like inflation because of higher grocery bills and gas bills. Now, potentially, this is going to be a number one issue for some Americans going out to vote. Yeah, some, but who knows at this point whether it'll be all Americans who are galvanized by this. Where do swing voters, where do suburban voters stand uh, on this issue and whether it drives them to the polls in November? Well, when you look at the polls over years, over the decades, they pretty much maintained the fact that most Americans agree um, that women should have a right to choose. And this goes back to Gallup data, Pew Research. Yesterday there was a Washington Post ABC poll, which overwhelmingly showed that majority as well. So you're going to see a lot of campaign dollars being spent on suburban women. So the Democrats have control of the cities. Republicans have control of the rural areas. And it's potentially suburban women who can turn the tide for the Democrats, which were potentially and are expected um, to not do so well in these midterm elections. This was the case in 2018 when suburban women came out and they handed a lot of House seats to Democrats. And it was a pivotal vote as well, suburban women, for President Biden versus President Trump. And now we're hearing a lot more rhetoric as well about codifying Roe into law if this Supreme Court decision does turn out to be final, which we should note the Supreme Court says it is not final, certainly, Mm -hmm. at this point. But there is a steep hill to climb when it comes to codifying anything regarding abortion rights with a 50-50 Senate. That's exactly right. So the president made his case yesterday, and this was one of the points he said, if this was to be struck down, the 1973 law, then it is up to legislatures as well as voters to make sure that they put those legislators in power to codify this into law. But of course, you know, 50-50, very slim majority the Democrats have with the VP making that tie-breaking vote and The issue they have is that there are Democratic senators who do not want to get away with the filibuster for this issue. And that has really been uh, a contentious issue on Capitol Hill yesterday. We saw a number of uh, we saw lawmakers, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, as well as Sanders, Senator Sanders, go after Democrats like Kirsten Sinema, who are for codifying abortion rights into law, but are not for getting rid of the filibuster. We have about a minute left here, Anne-Marie. We've already seen a midterm election last night uh, in the primary election in Ohio. J.D. Vance is the winner. Does this seal former President Trump's hold on GOP voters? So analysts are saying don't read too much into this one 
case. But it is a good point. The fact that J.D. Vance won, he was uh, trailing a little bit in the polls when Trump came in, gave him that endorsement. Six other individuals he beat out, right? He defeated six other people. Um, So certainly it wasn't just a win for J.D. Vance. This was a win for President Trump, who wants to make sure that his name is still out there. The candidates he backs are getting play. All of this as he tries to really maintain his hold on the party and also flirt, of course, Nathan, with that idea that he himself will also run for re-election. Which is going to make uh, it all more interesting as we continue with these uh, midterm races in some key swing states coming up in just a few weeks here. Amory Hordern, Washington correspondent for Bloomberg Radio and Television. Great having you on with us this morning to take a look at all that's happening politically in the nation's capital. Looking ahead to the market open and the Fed decision in Washington. Futures moving a touch higher with S&P futures up nine, Dow futures up 65 points, NASDAQ futures up 19. We look ahead to the Fed in the minutes ahead and Elon Musk could take Twitter public again eventually. Top stories of the morning coming up on Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather. Rain ends around midday. It'll turn partly sunny this afternoon with a high in the mid-60s. Low 70s tomorrow. We'll be back in the low 60s with showers developing by Friday. Right now, 50 degrees in Central Park. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130 to Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991 to Boston. Bloomberg 1061 to San Francisco. Bloomberg 960 to the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe, the Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. It's 5.30 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. We're just about four hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Let's get you up to date on the news you need to know at this hour. We begin with the Federal Reserve, which is expected to raise interest rates 50 basis points today. Berenberg Chief Economist Holger, Holger Schmieding says the market's already looking for what's coming next. The market will listen very closely to anything that could give a pointer to what the Fed does in June and what it may be doing thereafter, which, of course, in these uncertain times, we may not get all that much clear guidance. But that's what the market will look out for, any guidance on what happens next. Berenberg Chief Economist Holger Schmieding speaking with Bloomberg yesterday. We'll have full coverage of the Fed's decision beginning at 1 p.m. Wall Street time on a special edition of Bloomberg Surveillance. Let's turn now to the Supreme Court, Karen. It has confirmed the authenticity of a leaked document suggesting it could strike down Roe v. Wade. Vice President Kamala Harris addressed the issue last night. When the right to privacy is attacked, anyone in our country may face a future where the government can interfere with their personal decisions. Vice President Kamala Harris spoke at the annual EMILY's List conference in Washington. Well, overseas in Ukraine, Nathan, Russia is now focusing on fully annexing territory it's taken in the war. It comes as the EU announces it'll ban Russian oil imports by the end of the year. Back in the U.S., Karen, more than 40 companies report earnings today. For a look at some stocks on the move following yesterday's reports, we turn live to Bloomberg's John Tucker. John. And Nathan, Lyft shares are down over 26% of the pre-market as the company plans to spend more on its drivers. Advanced micro-devices shares up 6%, with analysts positive on the demand that shipmakers seeing. And Starbucks reported U.S. results that topped estimates. Right now, the share is up 6% at pre-market trading. Live in New York, I'm John Tucker. 
Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, John, thank you. Well, Elon Musk could take Twitter public again. And Bloomberg's Renita Young joins us live with the latest. Renita, good morning. Good morning, Karen. Elon Musk says he's planning to stage an IPO of Twitter as little as three years after buying it. That's according to Dow Jones, which reports Musk is take talking with investors, including private equity firms, to help lower his $21 billion contribution to the deal. Private equity firms typically take companies private to fix them out of the limelight, then take them public again. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Renita, thank you. And futures are higher this morning. S&P futures up 11 points, Dow futures up 73, NASDAQ futures up 25. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports, and this is Bloomberg. Thanks, Karen. 533 on Wall Street, 50 degrees in Central Park. Quiet start so far on the roads. We'll check in with Peter Van, see if that's holding up shortly. First, Michael Barr's here now with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Michael. Thank you very much, Nathan. There has been local reaction to the leaked draft opinion from the Supreme Court on overturning Roe v. Wade. New York Governor Kathy Hochul says as a woman, overturning Roe is something she has fought against her entire life. Absolutely horrified by what the majority of the Supreme Court of the United States of America plans to do to women's rights in this country. Governor Hochul spoke while announcing Representative Antonio Delgado will serve as New York's next lieutenant governor. Sonia Osorio, president of the New York chapter of the National Organization for Women, says abortion is legal in the state, but she says other states already have taken steps to roll back abortion rights. Thirteen states will automatically ban or restrict the right to abortion because they already passed laws that would trigger automatic bans as soon as federal protections fell. Sonia Osorio with NOW says men need to do their part to support abortion rights. North Korea fired a possible mid- to long-range ballistic missile into the sea off its eastern coast. It comes after Kim Jong-un pledged to accelerate the development of his nuclear program. The nation's active wildfire season continues to disrupt and threaten communities across the West. In New Mexico, fire officials say more than 160 homes have been destroyed by combined wildfires burning east of Santa Fe. About 6,000 homes have been evacuated. Governor Michelle Luan Grisham. Given the current situation with this fire at 20% containment, that we should expect that more people are going to have to move further away from their hometowns and communities. And it's really a hardship for them. Governor Grisham says the flames have scorched more than 145,000 acres. Comedian Dave Chappelle was attacked while performing on stage. It happened while Chappelle was at a Los Angeles comedy festival late last night. The man, police say, was armed with a replica gun. He was apprehended and detained by security. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thanks, Michael. 535 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Here's John Stanshower. Thanks, Nathan. Rangers and Penguins. Game one at the Garden. The two teams combined to score five goals in the second period. And then neither team scored another goal for the next 67 minutes. A scoreless third period. First and second overtime. Six minutes into the third OT. A John Marino shot deflected in by the Penguins of Jenny Malkin. The first time in a game that had 106 minutes of hockey where the Penguins had the lead. They won the game 4-3. to three. Ranger coach Gerard Gallant then looked back 
to the second period. You know, the penalties we got, it slowed their momentum down a little bit, and then they scored that five-on-three goal. So, But just, uh, I thought we played real well, but again, that uh, when we started doing these little plays and turnovers in the neutral zone instead of driving it deep like we did in the first, that was the difference in the game. Gallant said he did not have a problem with a Ranger goal with three minutes left in regulation taken away after a video review ruling that there was goalie interference. Speaking of goalies, the Penguins used two. Casey DeSmith had to leave with an injury. The Ranger goalie, Igor Shesterkin, made 79 saves. That's the second most in NHL history. Game two tomorrow. The other series openers, Washington won at Florida. Colorado won 7-2. Calgary won 1-0. NBA playoffs, Boston and Memphis both won at home to tie up their series with Milwaukee and Golden State. The Yankee winning streak continues. It reached 11 in Toronto. They were shut out until an Aaron Judge home run sixth inning. Yanks went on to win 9-1. Giancarlo Stanton, homer to the ninth. At City Field, a doubleheader sweep for the Mets over Atlanta, 5-4, and then 3-0 on the pitching of Carlos Carrasco. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Thank you. Thank you, John. It's 537 on Wall Street. Time for the Tri-State Business Report. Here's Bloomberg's Ed Corey. American Dream, the struggling mega mall near the Jersey Turnpike, lost about $60 million in 2021. It was hit by the pandemic as waves of the coronavirus discouraged shoppers and tourists. The mall's ski hill was hit by a fire in September that also disrupted dozens of shops and eateries. Luxury real estate firm The Agency has acquired New York brokerage Triple Mint, giving it a foothold in Manhattan. The agency is based in Los Angeles. It also completed its first outside fundraising effort, amassing $35 million to spend on growth to give it a valuation of about $350 million. New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy has signed an executive order establishing a certification program for LGBTQ plus owned businesses. The free certification could expand access to public and private contracting opportunities and enable businesses to identify as LGBTQ plus owned in their advertising. That's your Bloomberg Tri-State Business Report. I'm Ed Corey. Thanks, Ed. 538 on Wall Street. Bloomberg Radio is on the air from San Francisco to New York, London to Hong Kong. Let's check in with our global news team for some of the top stories heard on our 300 affiliate radio stations around the world. I'm Steve Podisk on 1010 Wins in New York. We're talking about a top name in fashion, putting its money behind a maker of lab-grown leather. I'm Caroline Hepkel, Bloomberg DAB Digital Radio in London. We're poised for a widely expected Fed rate hike. The Bank of England expected to follow as hawks at the ECB pushing for earlier action too. I'm Courtney Donahoe on KFAB in Omaha. One of the biggest meat packers in the country says prices will continue to soar. I'm Ed Corey on WWJ in Detroit. I'm reporting of Rose. Weight is overturned, so Michigan companies might adapt to allow out-of-state coverage for abortion services. Those are some of the stories our 2,700 Bloomberg journalists and analysts are working on this morning around the world. It's 5.39 on Wall Street. The following is an editorial from Bloomberg Opinion. For the past two years, more than 40 million U.S. student loan borrowers have been excused from making their monthly payments. The so-called pause, which was instituted in the early days of the pandemic and extended multiple times by both the Trump and Biden administrations, has cost more than $100 billion in lost revenue. Now President Biden is considering a larger plan to cancel some federal student debt altogether. That would be a big regressive mistake. Broad student loan forgiveness would disproportionately benefit high earners and those with graduate degrees. It would be far better to simplify the existing patchwork of student loan programs and enroll all borrowers in a single income-driven repayment plan. The current student loan system 
has its share of problems, but subsidizing the well-educated with debt cancellation is no way to fix them. This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Opinion Editorial Board. I'm David Shipley. For more Bloomberg Opinion, please go to Bloomberg.com slash opinion or OPN Go on the Bloomberg Terminal. This has been Bloomberg Opinion. Listen for Bloomberg Opinion editorials every weekday at this time. Terminal customers can read more at OPIN Go. S&P futures are up by 11 points. Dow futures up 78. NASDAQ futures up 19 points. The 10-year Treasury up 230 seconds, yield 2.96% as we await a Fed rate hike, a decision for May. Tom Porcelli, Chief U.S. Economist at RBC, joins us next. Bloomberg 1130 weather. Rain ends in midday today. It'll turn partly sunny this afternoon with a high near 65. Low 70s tomorrow. Showers return Friday with highs back in the low 60s. Right now, 50 in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. And U.S. stock index futures are on the rise this morning. Investors bracing for the biggest Federal Reserve interest rate hike since 2000 and awaiting more clues on how aggressively the Fed will tackle inflation. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up 12 points this morning. Dow futures up 87 and NASDAQ futures up 26. The DAX in Germany is down three-tenths of a percent. The 10-year Treasury up 3.30 seconds, yield 2.95 percent. Yield on the two-year, 2.78 percent. NYMEX crude oil is up 3.3%, up $3.38 at $105.79 a barrel. COMEX gold little change at 18.70.50 an ounce. The euro 1.0523 against the dollar. British pound 1.2505 and the yen at 130.06. And Bitcoin this morning moving higher up almost 3% at $38,880. That's a Bloomberg business flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. Following the leak of a Supreme Court document alluding to an overturning of Roe v. Wade, protests took place across the country. In downtown Los Angeles, things got a bit out of hand, and an officer was injured. The head of the European Union has proposed a full ban on Russian oil as part of sanctions against Moscow for its invasion into Ukraine. In a couple of Game 1 NHL playoffs... The Rangers lost in triple overtime to the Penguins 4-3. Rangers goalie Igor Shesterkin finished with 79 saves, second to the NHL record of 85. The Capitals, they beat the Panthers 4-2. In the NBA playoffs, the Celtics are tied at a game each after beating the Bucks 109-86. The Warriors lost to the Grizzlies in game two. That series is even at a game apiece as well. In baseball, the Yankees won for their 11th straight victory. The Mets swept a doubleheader against the Braves. The Red Sox Nationals won. The Orioles, A's, and Giants lost. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. All right, Michael. Thanks. It's 549 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. And as we await one of the most consequential Federal Reserve decisions in perhaps decades, we are joined this morning by Tom Porcelli, Chief U.S. Economist at RBC Capital Markets. Tom, good morning. I'll put it right to you. Is 50 basis points guaranteed, and will the Fed signal more? Uh, good morning. Always always good to be with you. Uh, yes, um, 50, I think, is, is basically locked, uh, and I think um, additional 50s um, are likely to be, um, uh, at a minimum, hinted at. And 
I think that's a, an important idea. Uh, you know, Powell, Powell has to be his tone has to be at least as hawkish as market pricing. Um, and, and the reason for that is anything less. And it, it would actually, the, the, the market would believe that that meant there could be less um, than, than what it's pricing. And as a result, you would actually see an easing in financial conditions, which is the exact opposite thing that the Fed wants to have happen. So I think he really has to lend credence to the idea that, you know, sort of multiple 50s uh, are, are on deck. Whether they're realized is a different, a different story for a different day. But for right now, I, I think he, he, has to, um, he has to sell the idea that, that multiple 50s are, are, are upon us. Is there a possibility on the table, Tom, that we see 75 basis points today? You know, I, I'm I'm sure that um, the the press will, will he'll get at least one question on this. I can't wait to see how he dances dances around that. I think I think there too. It's again, if he has to be at least as hawkish as market pricing, um, then you know it would seem pretty reasonable then that that could be a path um, for him to um, sort of you know press the idea of of being hawkish. Um, so I, I, I can't discount it. I'm not saying I necessarily place high odds on, on something like that happening. Um, but, but I think that it's a, it's a real possibility that um, he, he adds uh, some, some credence to the idea. My, my sense, though, is that he, he wants to stick with 50s. Um, but again, we'll find out in a few hours. Yeah, certainly will. What are you expecting to hear when it comes to the balance sheet? We've got some hints from the last uh, mo- the last meeting's minutes that there was going to be discussion about that. Uh, do you, do you think we get more clarity on the balance sheet? Uh, yeah, I do. I, I think that you'll get a, a, a bit more clarity. But the truth is, I think all of the sort of the sort of the key um, the key elements of balance sheet reduction have already been outlined. So I, I'm not sure that that's going to be the thing that um, sort of really drives. Um, sort of the discussion drives the market over over um, the sort of the balance of, of the afternoon. Um, but yeah, more more information will be forthcoming. But I think it's really all about what is going to happen with hikes and the degree to which those hikes happen. I think that's probably going to be more of the focus. The what market. do you think the what do you, uh, I'm sorry about that? What do you think the Fed is going to be watching when it comes to how aggressive they are uh, for the for the balance of this year? What are the what are the key data yeah. points that the Fed needs to be keeping an eye on? So I, I, I love this question because I really think it gets to, to the heart of a, a challenge for Powell. Um, it, it's unclear at this point what he wants to see from an inflation perspective, right? I mean, don't you find that interesting? All the focus on inflation, we don't really know what, what they want. And, and so here's a really interesting way of thinking about this. Um, last year, it was all about getting to max employment, right? That's all he wanted. It didn't matter what was happening from an inflation perspective. All he wanted to do was get to max employment. This year, um, it's all about inflation. Now, if he just if this is just a march toward getting to tar- uh, uh, the two percent target, Fed funds will be meaningfully higher than what anyone is thinking. So I think he needs to outline that. What exactly does he want to see from an inflation perspective? Um, because if it's target inflation, look, you're speaking to someone who actually has lo- lower inflation than probably most other people are forecasting. I, I'm I don't even have a number that's close to target by the end of the year. Um, so, so if I think that's a really important idea that that he's going to um, need to sort of you know spell out a bit a bit more. I, I would argue that you know if you're if you're holding a three handle, um, so, you know, say a high three handle on on core inflation by the end of the year, I, I would say that that is a victory and that's something that they should um, sort of you know embrace slash cheer. 
Um, but but I, I would love some some color on on exactly what they're looking for on the inflation front. I think that's the key. Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting uh, news conference, certainly, uh, when Federal Reserve Chairman Jay Powell hits the podium at 2.30 p.m. Wall Street time after that decision at 2 p.m. Uh, Tom Porcelli, Chief U.S. Economist, RBC Capital Markets, great to get your insights ahead of all that. And we want to invite you to stay with us for full coverage and analysis of this Fed decision on a special edition of Bloomberg Surveillance. It's coming up at 1 p.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg Radio and Television. Karen. Nathan, it is 554 on Wall Street. It's time for a legal story we're watching this morning. And for the first time in modern Supreme Court history, a draft opinion of the court was made public months before it was likely to be released. Just as shocking as the leak itself was the draft opinion by Justice Samuel Alito reversing the landmark decision of Roe v. Wade and overturning the constitutional right to abortion, which has been guaranteed for nearly half a century. For more, Bloomberg's June Grasso speaks to Adam Winkler a professor at UCLA Law School. I've heard two different viewpoints. One being that the revelation of this draft opinion could lead the majority to dig in and stick to the opinion. The other side is that, well, it could lead some of the justices to rethink the opinion and perhaps go to the middle ground that the chief justice reportedly has been interested in. What do you think? It's so hard to know, June. You know, we just don't have any information on who leaked it and what the possible reasons are for leaking it. One could imagine arguments that this was leaked by conservatives who are looking to shore up Alito's opinion and stop someone like a Kavanaugh from wavering and signing on to a more moderate decision. Others have speculated that it, it's probably someone on the left, a left-leaning clerk who's so outraged and shocked that that person wants to let the world know what's coming in the Supreme Court and how outrageous this opinion really is in light of constitutional law. I think those are really the key things. And among lawyers, I think that Alito's draft of Opinion, if it becomes the majority opinion, will not gain the respect of the legal community. At critical points in the argument, Alito abandoned legal analysis for really pure policy preference. And uh, I don't think that the argument that Alito makes will be received with any more compliments than Justice Blackmun's original decision in Roe versus Wade. So it is possible, not probable perhaps, but it is possible that one of the justices could change their vote. Absolutely. Justices can and have changed their votes after a conference and after majority opinions have been circulated. It happens, you know, with some regularity without saying it's frequent. It does happen and it happens many times over the years. One prominent example is Planned Parenthood v. Casey, one of the cases that the Supreme Court purports to overturn in this draft opinion. In that case, Justice Kennedy originally voted to overturn Roe v. Wade and to uphold broad regulations of abortion. And then he changed his mind after the majority opinion uh, started circulating. And it's happened in other much less controversial areas as well. Sometimes justices find that they think an outcome is right until they see an opinion explaining the outcome. And then they say, wait, that reasoning and argument just doesn't work for me. I think I'm going to change my votes. I would be very surprised if that happens in this particular case. I think these justices have been thinking about Roe versus Wade for many decades. I think that their views on this issue are not really in play. And that's Adam Winkler, a professor at UCLA Law School, speaking with Bloomberg's June Grasso. Catch more of that interview plus analysis of the latest legal news by subscribing to the Bloomberg Law Podcast or downloading the show at Bloomberg.com slash podcast. 
Attorneys can find exceptional legal research and business development tools at BloombergLaw.com and on the Bloomberg Terminal at BlogO. And futures are higher this morning, still ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. A check on the business headlines and all the news you need to start your day. And this is Bloomberg. Do you love Elon Musk? Do you hate Elon Musk? Do you have no idea what to think about Elon Musk? Then we have just the show for you. He's become even more larger than life. Buying Twitter doesn't get us closer to Mars. They are like really close to the edge of like everything falling apart. Like, oh, Elon, I volunteer, put a chip in my brain. Each week on this podcast, we'll break down, analyze and debate the most important stories on Musk and his empire. It's all one big universe. You just work for Elon Inc. From Bloomberg Businessweek, this is Elon Inc. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.